Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Well, hey, Love City Church. I hope you're having a great day today. Um, Hey, I'm just recording this uh, live from my house. Uh, We had a little bit of technical difficulties on Sunday. Um, Our power went out uh, on our very last service at Third Academy, and it just was, uh, it seemed appropriate. Uh, how God works sometimes. But I thought I would record this real quick just to kind of give you a little bit of a understanding of our very last uh, service uh, at Third Academy. We had a really great day. We kind of gathered together and um, had a great time of worship. And uh, and then I just got up and shared some thoughts about that God's been speaking to me through this transition. Actually, in the last two weeks, uh, you know, 12 days, God has been doing something great in our church. But amongst all that is also this crazy stuff with COVID-19, um, obviously uh, the coronavirus and um, you know a lot going on in our world today. Plus, we had a massive blizzard as well. So it was just a crazy week. Um, and then we're moving buildings and moving into our new building and uh, just a lot going on. So I just thought, man, it'd be probably appropriate for me to get on and record this uh, sermon, this thought that I have for you that I shared. So it'll be a little more, uh, a little more chill, a little more low key, a little more podcast style. If that's okay with you, um, and I might get a little text messages here and there um, on my computer. Um, but we're excited about what God's doing, um, and uh, I want to just share a couple thoughts with you. So. Um, the scripture God's been speaking to me is in Ephesians 3.20, and I'm going to read it from three translations. It's, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we dare ask or think or infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams according to the powers at work within us. Uh, the New, New Living Translation says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And uh, the New uh, Life version says, Now glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we could ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, our hopes. And so the thought that we gather from that, the idea that, man, God wants to do so far above and beyond all that we could ask or dream or imagine. God wants to do some incredible things in our lives and in us. And and we, I want you to know something. Here's the big idea of the thought God's been speaking to me. And it's, it's pretty basic, but you know, it just is a great reminder, especially during uh, everything that's going on in our world today. I want to remind you today that God is working. God's working in you. God's working uh, in me. God's working in our church. And you might not feel it. You might not understand it. You might not see it. But you need to know something that he's working. That God has a plan and a purpose that he wants to accomplish. And it's so far beyond all that we even dare or ask or think. It goes beyond what we can imagine for ourselves. And we've been looking at the book of Philippians, Choosing a Life of Joy. And, and uh, you know, Paul actually uses the same word work twice in uh, the book of Philippians. Once in Philippians 1.6, it says, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Again, in Philippians 2.13, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. This idea of work here is the word energeo or energy. It's to, to show forth oneself, to be actively involved, to show someone's activity, to show off uh, something. And not in a prideful way, but almost like in a way of like, man, God wants to express Himself and show Himself and reveal Himself in you, uh, for you, and through you. 
And so the book of Philippians, remember, is written when Paul was experiencing tremendous uh, challenges. He was in prison awaiting a verdict for his sentencing, whether he was going to have death or pardon. And so here's Paul uh, awaiting to see if he's going to die or live. And here he has such joy in this book. Why does Paul have so much joy, 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 joy? And it's because Paul is fully aware that God is at work behind the scenes, that God's working. God's working in him. God's working for him. God's working through him. And that's that's actually what has been stirring a joy in me personally during this crazy season in our world, in our church, just to know that, man, God's involved. God's uh, God's involved, God's uh, doing something, and God is is actually working. And so I want to share with you kind of three realities of God that are bringing me joy in my life right now. Uh, the first one, as I've mentioned multiple times already, all three of these I've already mentioned, but they're very simple, but I want them to, to impact you today. God is working in you. God is working in us as a church. God is actively working in you. I've mentioned this already, but he's operating in you. He's working in you. And there's a reason why God does this. So if you look back to the people of Israel, when they were in the desert, they were led out of Egypt into the desert. And here they were traveling through the desert uh, to the promised land. Now, we know that this journey in the desert could have been a pretty quick one if they would have maybe responded better and uh, you know more been, been more led by God. But the truth is, is that this is a real good picture of our lives. Here they were in the desert and they were, God was shaping them and molding them and they were constantly on the move. Uh, God was constantly leading them towards their promised land. And we read in Numbers 15, 23 in the New Living, listen to this. On the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered it, but from evening until morning, the cloud over the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire. This was the regular pattern. At night, the cloud that covered the tabernacle had the appearance of fire. And whenever the cloud lifted from over the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. And wherever the, the, the cloud, wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. In this way, they traveled um, and camped at the Lord's command wherever they were told to go. And then they remained in their camp as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. If the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed and performed their duty to the Lord. Sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days. So the people would stay for only a few days as the Lord commanded. And then at the Lord's command, they'd break camp and move on. And sometimes the cloud stayed only overnight and lifted the next morning. But day or night when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days or a month, or a year or a day, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on. So they camped or traveled at the Lord's command and they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. I mean, can you imagine this for a minute? I mean, over a million people having to continually be ready and willing to follow a cloud or fire. And they look out the the, the curtain at the window of their tent and see, oh my gosh, the cloud's moving. We got to get going. And finally, they would get everything set up. Your house is perfect. Your kids are playing. The community's set up. The village is set up. The market's set up. And life is good. And you look out the window. And all of a sudden, the cloud or the fire begins to lift. And God is working. And God is ministering. And God is speaking. And we got to get ready to go. See, this is a picture, an allegory, an illustration of what our life should look like. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. 
The same God that led the people of Israel, cloud by day and fire by night, is the same God that works in us to do above and beyond all that we could ask or dream or imagine. This is what New Testament discipleship looks like. And what it looks like to follow Jesus is when you let the Holy Spirit work in you, when you let him work in you and let him guide your lives. Dale Partridge says this, don't ask God to guide your steps if you're not willing to take a walk. (laughs) So you have to understand that the dreams and the desires that God has for your life that will ultimately bring you true joy starts by letting God work in you, starts by letting him work in you during the wilderness of your life. This means that every dream and every asking has a process. It has a testing. It has a journey. And we started our church. Think about this. When we started our church, we'd start our church in our home for two months. And then we grew and we had to move out. So then we moved into the Cedar Bay Community Center for, uh, Center for four months. As I was driving down the street one day and I looked out the window of my car and saw a sign that said Reptile Expo in the Cedar Bay Community Center this Sunday from 8 to 2 p.m. And then that's how I found out that they did not, we were not allowed to have church there that Sunday or the next Sunday. And then they were finishing the floors for the next two weeks. And so we ended up having to move all of our stuff like in a matter of days. And we ended up in Woodland School for one month where we paid like $4,000 because we paid rent at Cedar Bray and we paid rent at Woodland. So we were paying two months rent to be in a place where we weren't our home. And then we went back and forth, back and forth. And then Pastor James and I went and looked at a facility um, uh, we looked at a, for a facility uh, that we're now going to be uh, going into. And three years ago, and uh, the, the wonderful lady said, no, we have never rented out to anyone um, ever uh, at our church. Or for, for, I'm sorry, we've never rented out to anyone on Sunday um, and no churches. Not going to happen. And then Stephanie, Pastor Steph, felt like the Lord put on her heart to call a certain pastor in the city. So I did. And he said, oh, yeah, there's a facility that you could go into. And he happened to get us into Third Academy. So we moved into Third Academy. And on the very first Sunday, a pastor came and and kind of said, hey, like, it's not going to work here. You guys aren't going to work here. It's going to fizzle. That was encouraging on the first day to hear that. And so now we're very thankful for the gift of Third Academy. Come on, right? We're thankful for their partnership. I have a great uh, relationship with the school and with uh, with the, the teachers and the principals and the president. Very, uh, very good relationship. And they're amazing. But let's just be honest about the facility. It was a challenging space for us on some level. I mean, for those of you who know, know just a little, kind of a little shout out to our washrooms. Come on now. Like, like you know, we, we, we just did a challenge of washrooms. You know, the women having to keep their hand out when they're using the stall just in case somebody comes in. Or how about the parking? I mean, we have the challenge of uh, the market, having to face the market and always uh, being challenged in that area. Or how about when we first moved in, there was, um, there was they, they were cleaning and so there was garbage and um, all sorts of um, like dishwashers in the very middle of the of the lobby, and so every week Steph and I would have to personally move all of that stuff into the other room, and then we'd move it all back, and we'd wash the toilets every single week. We'd do that, and then every Wednesday Jesse would take pictures of the classrooms just to ensure that we would put everything back uh, the way we found it, even if it meant there was a piece of garbage on the floor or a pencil oddly on a desk. We would put everything back to the condition. For the first year of our church, uh, Isabel. Isabella's bed sheet, Pastor James' daughter, Isabella's bed sheet was on the bottom of our screen and we had two wood frames. I mean, let's just be honest, this was a challenging space. And I have to be honest, it wore on me and it probably wore on you. 
and I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. I'm just saying that 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 God put us through kind of a wilderness season, though God is good, and we saw people added to our church, and salvations, and groups were started, and people's lives were changed, but we have to know, understand something. During this season, as a church, God was working in us. He was working in our lives. He was working in you and me, reminding us that this serving about his church is not really about me. It's about him. And little by little, we got it. And we began to realize that we decided as a team, we're not going to complain anymore. We're not going to look for a new location. We're not going to start, you know, we're, we're not going to pray about it. We're just going to accept the fact that this is the home God has called us to be in. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to make this our place. So we did. Slowly but eventually, we made it what you see today beautiful building and the, the, the signs and the, the, the pipe and drape and the amazing facility when you come in, the huge gym and the worship center. And, you know, it's still got its issues, but you know what? <laughs> We're content. We were thankful. We accepted the work of God. We let God work in us. And then it just so happened that the moment we did that, the moment we chose, chose to be joyful about what God gave us, something happened. While God was working in us, God was working for us. And that's one of the realities, the next reality that God, that brings me personal joy, that God only, not, God not only works in us, but God is working for us. He's working for you. God is working for our church. It just so happens that 10, that, you know, 10, 12 days ago, Andrew Ling walks into the same facility that Pastor James and I walked into three years ago. Remember, we were content and thankful and accepted it. And then all of a sudden, Andrew walks in there and he, he what got him there in the first place is crazy. He got a client and then the client that he was going to take to a, a hockey game didn't work out. And so he had to take it to another client and he just brought him to this location. He drops off the tickets. While he's there, he sees this amazing space, walks over to her and says, hey, like, could we rent out this space? And he says, actually, we just had a board meeting. We decided that after 15 years of never renting out to anyone on a Sunday that we want to rent out to a church. And it's the first church that comes and talks to us. We've sent out six emails. No one's responded and you're the first church. So here we go. We believe God is in this. Come on now, 15 years of not renting out on a Sunday once and they're renting out to us for the very first time. That is absolutely incredible. That's God working in us and God working for us behind the scenes. We don't see it. We don't feel it. We're not aware of it. But God loves to reveal it to us when we respond to his working in us. And listen, we could not have done this on our own. We could not have done this on our own. And this feels like God's stamp of approval saying, come on, I want to bless your life and I want to work for you and I'm working behind the scenes and I'm with you and I want to minister to you and I want to use you that during this season of wilderness, I'm using that season to work in you so that I can work for you. And we have to believe that God has great things in our life. Listen, we all have to agree that this is a crazy time. The wars and rumors of wars and disease and, and the coronavirus and panic and fear and doubt and fear is rampant. And as followers of Jesus, we must know that God is working for us on our behalf. God is working for us. And I want you to know something today. There is nothing new under the sun. God is not shocked by what's happening on our planet. He didn't just say, oh my gosh, I did not plan for the coronavirus. He, he, he's in control. And he knows that. That means that we are overcomers, that we're more than conquerors, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, that God's plan is to help us and prosper us and protect us. We must understand that during these times of tragedy and difficulty, we can choose joy because God is working for us. Look at this from Philippians 1.6. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work 
until it's finally finished finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Come on, God's going to keep working in you and for you until he comes back, until Jesus returns. I want to read this verse in Psalms 91. I posted this on Facebook uh, this last week. Psalms 91, you who sit down in the in the high in high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's, Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps. He shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched. Watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge, the high God's your very own home. Evil cannot get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. And if you stumble, they'll catch you. And their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. And if you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best care if you only get to know and trust me. Call me and I'll answer. I'll be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you. Then I'll throw you a party. I'll give you a long life, giving you a long drink of salvation. Come on, somebody. God is with us. God is for us. God is protecting us and guiding us and leading us. He is working on your behalf. But listen. God works in you so that God can work for you, but it does not just stop there. Many of us uh, in our church experience is just about God working in us and for us, but we have to remember this one really important point that God doesn't, God, God works in us so that God can work for us, so that God can work through us. God is working through us as a church. Uh, as, as a church. He's working in us, He's working for us. He's working through us. With everything that's going on in our world today, we have to remember something important. Time is short. And I'm sure that you saw how the toilet paper has been completely eradicated from every um, store in Calgary. I'm not sure why. It kind of seems like bottled water might be more important, but that's just me. But there's fear in people's hearts. And whether you're a believer or not a believer, I'm sure that you've thought about the end of the world or is this it? Is this how it ends? Is this the crazy stuff? Is the rapture coming? Like, is this how the whole thing, you know, goes, you know, falls apart? You know, go on Netflix and watch Contagion and you think, oh my gosh, what's going on? And so we're in a world we have to recognize something that whether or not Christ returns tomorrow or in a billion years, we don't know. Only God knows. But what we do know is that it, we have to always live as though time is short. And this chaotic season on our planet should remind you of something very important, that we don't live for this world, but we live for the world to come. Life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. And we have a short life to live. Let's make it count bringing people to Jesus. Everything that's happening in our world today is a reminder of our mission on this planet. Philippians 1.27 says this, Above all, above all, you must live as, a, as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves, in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. As a citizen of heaven. I did our Heaven and Hell series last March, and I encourage you to go back and listen to it. And I, I revealed something about our world, something that I learned through my study. I learned that um, right now, for people who are followers of Christ, this is the closest we will ever be to hell. And for people who are not followers of Christ, this is the closest that they will ever be to God. Heaven is is life with God, and hell is life without God, plain and simple. And so we as a church are here so that God can work through us 
so that we can help people spend an eternity with God. And we exist to help people discover a relationship with Jesus and live a life of love so that they can be with God. And when this world wraps up for good, they know they're going to spend an eternity with Him. See, God is working in us, church, so He can work for us. Why? So He can work through us. Why does God want us to step into our new facility? Because God wants to work through us. And we want to help people discover a relationship with Jesus and live a life of love. And we believe God has called us to reach thousands of people, one person at a time, with multiple groups and multiple services and multiple locations and campuses and multiple church plans. And right now, we believe we want to see ourselves double by the end of this year. That means there's about 100 adults that, that come regularly on a Sunday. Our church is about 140 people, including kids. And we believe that God wants us to double. We want to see the lost saved and saved discipled and discipled pastored and pastored matured. And we believe that moving into this new facility is going to set us up to reach more people for the kingdom of God. But we just got to keep showing up. That's what Pastor Dave says in his book, Pursuit, and also just mentions all the time. You just got to keep showing up week in and week out. When things get hard, when things are easy, when things are up, when things are down, just keep showing up, loving God, loving people, spreading the gospel, worshiping Him, preaching good messages, keep showing up. And Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we keep showing up, listen, we're going to reap a harvest. We're going to reap a harvest. And guess what? Matthew 9, 37 says this. Then he said to his disciples, so he's talking to followers of Jesus, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Come on, this means that there is a harvest. If we keep showing up, there is a harvest that God wants us to have, but our workers are few. We need you to get in the game. If you're not already in the game, come on, we need you to get in the game and start joining with us to reach more people for Christ. Because what's in it for you? Purpose, meaning, value. I could go down the list of people's lives who've been transformed, the lives that have been changed and restored and made new and marriages reconciled and bondages broken. God is working in us, for us, through us. And I want to make you a promise today. You are here during the one of the most exciting times of our church and the body of Christ. Tragedy and hardship is not a time to run and hide, but a time to shine our light and be the light of Christ in a dark and a dim world. And I want you to experience the abundant life that God has for you, a life of purpose, a life of meaning where you're making a difference, where you're experiencing life change and transformation and restoration. Come on, we want to see this happen in your life. So come on, God wants to work in us so he can work for us so that he can work through us. Come on, as we end our just talk here, I just want to tell you just a little bit about our new space. We're excited uh, to be moving into our new facility uh, on, uh, well, March 22nd uh, due to the recent uh, government mandates for uh, uh, local gather- local worship gatherings. And we're, we're reassessing uh, uh, our next steps for the next few weeks with our Sunday gatherings. But uh, for the current time right now, as of today, uh, March 22nd is our first Sunday in that facility. Um, it's a 150-seat performing arts theater uh, in Quarry Park. Um, th- there's an intentional and spoke- focused uh, 
area for our kids zone, an expanded uh, family room for our families. It decreases setup almost by 80%. Um, we have a parking lot all to ourselves. We're directly in a community. And so March 22nd, our new church home will be Cardell Theater in Quarry Park. What an amazing opportunity. And we're going to be expecting God to do incredible things. And so if you're uh, unfamiliar with Corey, uh, with uh, Cardell Theater, go onto their website. You can check out some of the pictures. Type in Cardell Theater in Quarry Park. Take some of the, uh, look at some of the pictures. Uh, we might even have some pictures that we can post online from this last week. Uh, but join us, and we'll be communicating with you about uh, our next steps with this COVID-19 um, and all that's going on. We'll make sure and communicate with you about what to expect for this Sunday and. And we'll be most likely offering an online option for you to watch on a live streaming and encourage you to do watch parties on Sundays uh, and be leaning into our groups during the week. And so we'll keep you posted on what's going on. Uh, just by way of announcement, for those of you who are listening and involved in a group, we encourage everyone to get involved in a group, especially during the season when we're beginning to even more so focus on our communities, which is great for uh, the church in general. Uh, we'll be launching several new groups. Uh, we'll be launching a new group in Sundance. Um, a new group in McKenzie Town, um, a new group potentially in Lake Bonavista. We have our current group in existence on the Beltline, and we're also starting a new 40-plus uh, uh, ladies group in um, Chaparral. And so there's a lot of new groups launching. There'll be a lot of great opportunity for you to connect, and so uh, our groups will be a, a massive, massive important part of what we do as a church, as they already have been. I love you guys. God's up to something great. This shift of our, our building and location uh, is uh, God's way of saying to us, I'm with you, I'm for you, I believe in you, and so you're a part of something great at Love City Church, and uh, we're excited to partner with all the other great churches in this city to reach many for Jesus Christ and continue to be a real, uh, authentic environment where families and people and uh, can continue to be disciples and grow in their walk with Jesus and live the abundant life that God's called us to live. Come on, we're here to help people discover a relationship with Jesus Christ and live a life that expresses his love. And we love you guys with all of our hearts uh, and we'll uh, have a great week this week. We'll keep you posted on all the things that are going on and have a great group. Love you. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.